It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Hello to everyone. Welcome to the program. Today I wish to discuss Judeo-Christian values. Dennis Prager says in a five-minute video on Prager University, Have you heard of Judeo-Christian values? I suspect you have. Can you name any of those values? I suspect you can't. But you should because Judeo-Christian values are the moral foundation of Western civilization. Many people use the term Judeo-Christian values to describe an assumed religious and ethical consensus between Judaism and Christianity. For one thing, Christianity is founded on the shared religious text of what Christians call the Old Testament, and Judaism call the Torah. It is the foundation of a common basis of morality determined by the Ten Commandments, shared moral principles, and other commandments and declarations listed in the Old Testament that God opposes. The foundations of the Judeo-Christian values can be summarized in the Golden Rule which Jesus taught in Matthew 7, verse 12. So in everything, do unto others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Judaism and Christianity are two of the three monotheistic religions, including Islam. That is, all three affirm one God who created the universe. But this does not mean that the God that Jews and Christians worship is the same God as Allah, the God of Islam. In fact, I have demonstrated that these gods are vastly different in nature. Both Christians and Judaism prize the covenant between between God and his people and value the dignity of human life. In particular, both agree with the seven things that the Lord hates, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren, found in Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. Thus, both faiths are opposed to abortion because that is unquestionably the shedding of innocent blood. Both also prize the meaning of marriage, 
between husbands and wives and oppose same-sex marriage. Another common agreement can be found in several Old Testament references that describe what caused some of the Israelites to die in the wilderness as a result of a plague, and others aged 20 and older were not allowed to enter the promised land and eventually died in the wilderness. The Apostle Paul gives a summary of five such conditions in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5 through 13, about how the children of Israel dealt with hardships in the wilderness after they had been delivered from Egyptian bondage. Allow me to list by numbers the five conditions that Paul describes, and then to list the Old Testament reference that depicts the sin the Israelites committed. Paul begins, But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that, one, we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Two, and do not become idolaters as some of them. Three, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Four, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Fifth, nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. The corresponding Old Testament references are, first, concerning lust is described in Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 and 34. Two, concerning idolatry, the people built a golden calf while Moses was on the mountain with God, who gave Moses two stone tablets of the law. That's described in Exodus 32. Third, concerning sexual immorality. See Revelation 2, verse 14, and other references to Balaam, where you learn that Balak hired Balaam to curse the children of Israel, but he could not. But he taught Balak how to get them to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality with the women of Moab. See Numbers 25, verses 1 through 9. Fourth, concerning the destruction by serpents, see Numbers 21, verses 6 through 9. Fifth, concerning complaining, see Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, chapter 14, verse 37, and Exodus 16, verse 2. Some translations use the word murmur instead of complain. Murmur and complaining will get you in trouble with the words of your mouth, and you reap what you have sown. Murmur is an onomatopoeic word where the sound of a word conveys its meaning. It is used twice in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, where the children of Israel's disobedient is used as a warning to the believers in Christ. 
Now let us return to the discussion of Judeo-Christian values. Some of the more common words are the sanctity of human life, as I have said, personal responsibility, compassion for others, and the idea of justice determined by God's justice. Much of what is best in Western civilization can be directly attributed to the Judeo-Christian values. In my lifetime, these values have always been the core tenet of American national identity. But as our nation becomes more secular, those values are gradually being erased from public awareness. Many employ the Judeo-Christian values for political ends. It is common for candidates for political office to tout the American values, but they generally fail to describe what that really means for fear that it would cause them to lose votes. Many of our national heroes reference these values as fundamentally important for our nation. President George Washington prayed this prayer. May the Father of all mercies scatter light and not darkness upon our paths and make us all in our several vocations useful here and in his own due time and way everlasting happy. In President Washington's farewell address of 1796, he said, Religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmest props of the duties of men and citizens. President John Quincy Adams said, so great is my veneration for the Bible that the earlier that my children begin to read it, the more confident will be my hope that they will prove useful citizens of their country and respectable members of society. I have for many years made it a practice to read through the Bible once every year. President Dwight D. Eisenhower called for a government that is founded in a deeply religious faith. With us, of course, it is the Judeo-Christian concept, but it must be a religion that all men are created equal. This began the use of the term in American political and social circles. Ronald Reagan, as both governor of California and president of the United States, frequently referred to the Judeo-Christian tradition, whether as a moral principle or a reason for specific policies on issues such as abortion. Mitt Romney, once a presidential candidate and now a senator, saw it as central to America's rise in global leadership. As a presidential candidate, Donald J. Trump vowed he would stop cold the attacks on Judeo-Christian values. American jurisprudence is firmly based in Judeo-Christian ethics 
and celebrates that fact with a variety of artwork throughout Washington, D.C. In the House of Representatives, there are 23 marble portraits of great lawgivers, including Moses, who is given the central point of focus. The sculptures over the main entrance of the Supreme Court building are centered on Moses and the Ten Commandments. And there are several other representations of Moses and the Ten Commandments in various places throughout the building. The removal of these relics is part of the dark agenda of the political left. Christianity and Judaism agree on some doctrines, but they are not in perfect agreement about everything, most notably about the divinity of Jesus as the Christ. The term Judeo-Christian values apparently was first used by the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche in his 1888 book, The Antichrist, Curse on Christianity. But it wasn't used as a common set of morals until much later. Remember, Nietzsche was the originator of the God is Dead movement. The term Judeo-Christian values was not in common usage until World War II, when it became a philosophical affirmation of anti-fascism and anti-Nazism. After World War II, politicians of all stripes actively promoted the idea of Judeo-Christian values. It was a common response to the horrors of the Nazi Holocaust of the Jews. It also differentiated the United States from the atheistic forces of godless communism, which at that time was apparent only in Stalin's Russia. As the former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher put it, the truths of the Judeo-Christian tradition are infinitely precious, not only because they are true, but also because they provide the moral impulse which alone can lead us to that peace for which we all long. Mrs. Thatcher was a believing Christian. While Judaism and Christianity may have different theologies, they have the same core values. And as far as society is concerned, moral values are far more important than theologies. That is why traditionally religious Protestants, Catholics, and Jews are aligned on almost every important moral issue. Here then are 10 of those values which Dennis Brigger lists. Number one, there is one God. That God is the God introduced to the world by the Hebrew Bible, or as Christians came to refer to it as the Old Testament. Thus, polytheism is false. Number two, the Hebrew Bible introduced the most revolutionary moral idea in history, that there are objective moral truths just as there are objective mathematical and scientific truths. Without God, there is no moral truth, only moral opinions. Number three, 
because there are moral truths, good and evil are the same for all people. Number four, God, not man, not government, not popular opinion, not a democratic vote is the source of our rights. The American Declaration of Independence declares that all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Number five, the human being is created in the image of God. Therefore, every human life is precious and therefore race is of no significance because God has no race. Number six, the world is based on divine order and order is made by distinctions. Among these divine distinctions are God and man, God and nature, man and woman, human and animal, good and evil. Number seven, man is not basically good. Christians speak of original sin in referring to man's nature. Jews cite what God said in Genesis. The will of man's heart is evil from his youth. Both beliefs are diametrically opposed to the naive modern belief that man is basically good. And they lead to the same conclusion. We need God-based rules to keep us from our natural inclinations. Number eight, therefore, our national inclinations are a very poor moral guide. As religious Jews and Christians put it, don't follow your heart. A lot of terrible things have been done and are being done now by people thinking their hearts are better guides than Judeo-Christian values. Number nine, human beings have free will and are therefore responsible to God for how they behave. In the secular world, free will does not exist because all human behavior is the result of biology and environment. And if there's no free will, people are not responsible for what they do, good or bad. Number 10, the Ten Commandments. They are the core of Judeo-Christian values. In fact, if everyone lived just by the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't need armies or even police. Allow me to close this episode by reminding you to exercise daily, walk with God. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address. Doug Apple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.